This is the truth about polka dot. Here are some crazy facts about polka dot that you need to know about. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing the truth about Polkadot. What is Polkadot? Does it deserve the $6 billion valuation that it has? Stick around to the end. We'll let you know. Yeah, so Polkadot, it's kind of like one of these more OG cryptos. Everyone knows Bitcoin. Everyone knows Ethereum, Cardano. And then it's kind of, you know, it's in that list, you know, after Solana. Polkadot. Everyone knows about Polkadot. However, it does have a large market cap. It has very interesting technology, maybe some of the most unique way that they've built their blockchain and ecosystem. And that's probably one of the reasons why it has such a big market cap. So it's important for us to not only explain how it works and all the projects that are building in it, but also see potential use cases going forward. And eventually we'll decide if it's worth being in our portfolio or not. So Polkadot claims to be the first layer zero. I mean, there's... It seems like everybody's a layer one, you know, and everybody's the fastest, the most secure, blah, 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 blah. And they kind of get sick of talking about layer ones. So it's interesting to talk about a layer zero. Yep. And polka dot, you have to think of it like when you look at this image in the background, it's polka dots. So you have the central hub, but then you have all these parachains. So each one of these dots is like its own ecosystem within a giant ecosystem. Yep. So they'll still receive the security, funding, et cetera, from polka dot. But each project can in, can interop interoperate with yeah. all the other platforms within the ecosystem. It's interesting. So, you can a, a good comparison is like you know you take something like um, Cardano or Solana, and everything is operating within their blockchain within the rules that are set for their particular blockchain. And you can have your play to earn projects, your DeFi, your NFTs, but they're operating ev- all the transactions are going through the one blockchain. Whereas Polkadot, every project is not only its own project, but it's its own parachain, which is kind of like its own blockchain within the Polkadot blockchain. So they can set their own different rules. um, And because transactions are not always going to be flowing through the same blockchain, it allows it to be inherently more scalable because the parachains, they run their parallel to each other, right? So that's the way it works, which can improve speed. A customization, flexibility. You can create your own different rules, but in your own ecosystem. So that's one of the things that has drawn a lot of developers away from Ethereum to Polkadot because as a creative person, a developer, you want to create your own thing. You don't want to be fixed to the rules that Ethereum has. On Polkadot, if you build your own parachain, which is very easy, you can create your own rules. So I think that's one of the things that's drawn a lot of people to Polkadot. Absolutely. So Polkadot is a proof-of-stake blockchain. And they have their relay chain and the parachains. So the relay chain is like the hub. That's where the um, that's where the all the parachains reach the consensus. And then you have the the parachains are like the spokes, right? So I found a really good example of kind of how this all works to really dumb it down for everybody. 
So you have to imagine like a bunch of office workers, they all have their own tasks. So that would be, and then every once in a while they have a meeting to sync up and then discuss like what's going on. So that would be the relay chain to make sure everybody's on the exact same page. I like so you got your hub and you got the pair of chains. So everybody can do what they want. They're all their individual little workers. They have their meeting, make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good, that's a good analogy for sure. Um, and I think there's not a lot of blockchains that are operating in this same way. And later in this episode, I think we'll, we'll get into some good looking parachains because there are a few like really good looking parachain altcoins that we've talked about in the past that we'll bring up today. But the way that the, the organization is built and, and has been built is also interesting. So as you said, it's a six, six billion market cap. This is, I think, the number 10th or 11th ranked crypto. It was created by an Ethereum co-founder, Gavin Wood. So along with Vitalik Buterin, Gavin Wood helped create Ethereum. So he then left Ethereum to create Polkadot. So the connection is already strong there, right? Mm. It's, it's Polkadot is the flagship project, which is the, by the Web3 Foundation, a Swiss foundation. Uh, they've raised over $150 million since its ICO in 2017. And the initial block on Polkadot on the, their chain was released in May 2020, which was perfectly timed for the, the bull run, right? So like it was sitting at like three, four dollars. That's right. And the initial block and the hype started for Polkadot couldn't have been timed better. Boom, four dollars to fifty-four dollars. It was one of the darlings of the last bull run, for sure. Um, so it's interesting, but before we really get into maybe some more parts about the tech and the projects, we should kind of quickly talk about what happened with Gavin Wood lately. So he left the project. All right. So he's the he's the founder. He's no longer the CEO founder of Polkadot. He's left the project. In for, from what his words were, he no longer wanted to be a CEO. He no longer wanted to be the guy that has to be available to everyone twenty four seven. People, person, calls, emails. You know how it is. Brutal. He wanted to continue to work in the crypto space, ushering in mass adoption, consumer facing, public facing crypto things. But it is always interesting to note when the founder leaves a project because even a company, when the you know, if Tesla or mm. Elon Musk leaves Tesla, it may never be the same. So it's an important point to bring up and to watch who steps into that role, how they're operating. Is the, the lack of presence from Gavin Wood moving forward going to be a hindrance on Polkadot's direction? Definitely something to watch. That's really interesting because I know that um, in terms of development, I was looking on GitHub, projects by average daily development activity on GitHub, you have Dot. And then you have the testnet, Kusama, where one and two, followed by uh, Cardano, um, Cosmos, Atom, and Ethereum. Right. So clearly there's a lot of development going on with this project and within this ecosystem. So it's funny that the CEO stepped down. Yeah, so and I, I was reading, I didn't see those stats and that's interesting, but I was reading, I think it was an older article from about 2020, and it was saying, why there's a, there was at that time a mass exodus of developers from Ethereum to Polkadot. And there was a lot of good examples. And it, it came back to what I was saying before about the creativity that Polkadot allows. Mm. So legacy blockchains basically try to fit everything into one box, whereas Polkadot allows you to create your own box, right? Mm. Legacy blockchains are walled off. So like, you know, it's in the Cardano ecosystem or Solana ecosystem and typically don't communicate well with each other. Although I should note that we've seen a lot of more like cross-chain protocols come through which help communicating between blockchains but in the past and without those protocols it's difficult for the different layer ones to communicate but like what you said off the start of the episode it's very easy for projects and parachains within polka dots ecosystem to communicate 
So you have different creative people creating their own block boxes, which can communicate very easily within the Polkadot ecosystem. It allows for just more creativity. And I think that's, as, as a developer, I see why developers are going to Polkadot. And long-term, more developers going to a project, that's a good sign. And I think that's what's going to be needed for Web3. I mean, it's a whole new world. So creativity is <clears throat> mandatory, I would say, uh, which could lead us into Kusama, their test network. So the fact that Polkadot makes it easy for pro projects, you know, they get the security of Polkadot. They get the funding from Polkadot. Makes it really simple for these projects to not have to spend their time figuring out where am I going to get my funding from? How am I going to get, how am I going to secure the network, et cetera? So that's already taken care of. So then they can just focus on, you know, building the actual project itself, at which point it brings in Kusama and the, the way they try to approach it is like a live fast, die young, like really take your crazy ideas, put it into practice, use it on the test net. And then if it works out, then you can come on to the actual Polkadot network. Yeah. So Kusama is like the pre-production environment for apps that eventually want to move on to Polkadot. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're a big Polkadot ecosystem person, Kusama is a very key part of that. And it's interesting that the timing of this episode, because the first ever parachain successfully migrated from Kusama to Polkadot last month. That's right. So the first time, you know, it's, this has been in development for years now, mm. but the first successful migration, it was a project called Kilt Protocol. It's a decentralized identity. Um, they have switched. They went through the Kusama testing and everything was great. And then boom, now they're on Polkadot. Right. So it's proven that it works. So that's a good sign for sure. So the way a lot of these projects actually get onto Polkadot, it's like an auction that goes, ha that happens. And <clears throat> if you're ever looking for some low cap gems or what could be the next like big project in the crypto industry, check out parachains.info backslash projects. Um, there's 185 in total at some stage. So it, they really make it really easy for you to identify like where the project is at in terms of its funding. Are they just, are they in development mode? Are they on the Kusama network or are they actually on Polkadot? Um, you know, one of your favorites was Moonbeam. I think it was yeah. Moonbeam. Um, that's a smart contract platform and a parachain on Dot. But then they have Moon River, which, which is also another smart contract platform, mm. which is a parachain on Kusama. So I know that, I can't remember which one it was. I think Moonbeam saw a really good spike at some point during the bull market. So this is a good time to talk about the different parachains and altcoins within the Polkadot ecosystem. And if you've been watching the show for a while, listening to our, or checking us out on Discord, Twitter, we've talked a lot about Moonbeam in particular. Um, it's a project that I was kind of trading. It did have a pretty good spike. Um, so it sold off, it's down like 98% from its uh, initial launch, which a lot of projects do. Um, but yeah, as you said, this is a, a enabling smart contract platform on Polkadot. The market cap is very low now. It was a super hyped up launch in the last bull run. And then Moon River, which you mentioned, is another one. So Moon River is Moonbeam, same thing for Kusama. So those are two projects that I may even favor getting those projects at their low, seemingly low prices as opposed to maybe getting Polkadot. I have to have a more think about that. And um, mm. But some, some other interesting projects um, to talk about Aventus. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we, you talked about that one first, and we kind of brought that up in our TikTok and Twitter and Discord. That's what you would say is a small cap gem within the Polkadot ecosystem. Yeah, it's a layer two. I mean, there's not a ton of different, uh, you know, when you think of layer twos out there, you think of Polygonmatic, and then, you know, they, they have Optimism and Arbitrum, but there's not like a lot of other ones that kind of ring off your head like layer ones do. Mm. So Aventus is really cool. I, I like the fact that, A, their tokenomics are quite strong. 
you know, they don't really have a ton in supply. They have a majority of their tokens in circulation, which is good. There's not a lot of token unlocks. Uh, and it's actually getting like real, real world use cases. Um, I believe at one of the main I- airports in Europe. Yeah, or was it Car- London or Gatwick or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. For, uh, or Heathrow or Gatwick, but it's doing cargo management and trying to ensure that, you know, customers don't lose their bags and just make that whole process a lot more seamless. Um, you know, super low cap in a beautiful ecosystem. So, you know, Aventus is definitely one to yeah. watch as well. Other uh, parachains and Polkadot altcoins that caught my eye, um, there is... Astar Network, which connects Polkadot to Ethereum, Cosmos, and a bunch of other layer one blockchains. I think it's got around 165 mil market cap. Something that we recently, someone brought it up on our Discord, Akala. That's a stable coin, It's the decentralized stable coin for the Polkadot ecosystem. So that's an interesting one as well. It's like, there's so many, I think there's about 180 parachain. 100, 100, 100 total parachains, but there's 185 projects in development between Kusama and Polkadot. Right, okay. So they're, it's a really interesting ecosystem because they've got a lot going on and there's a lot of really cool projects that are parachains or trying to get slots or all that kind of stuff. So when you really look into it, it is unique. Um, the technology behind it is interesting, but from an investment point of view, I might be more likely to go through the parachains and altcoins maybe get a mixed bag of a large ca- a larger cap pair chain like Moonbeam or Moonriver, and then maybe an Aventus and an Akala as opposed to buying the DOT token because the market cap at $7 billion just seems really high for what's going on. I, I don't know how you feel. The token's al- also only used for governance, staking, and bonding, uh, and it's inflationary. Mm. So they don't have a max supply, a capped max supply. Right. Um, so if you've ever invested in stocks and a company dilutes or s- and does that to raise money for their firm, the price often goes down. So if they start to pump out more tokens into circulation, there's a chance that, you know, maybe the Polkadot price goes down. Yep. And I just think <clears throat> there's so much more that has to happen for, to justify a $6 billion market cap. Yeah. Um, I mean, they still have another 70 plus pair change or so to actually roll out which could take another four or five years mm. um with the ceo stepping down you know what is the real utility of the actual token itself um so yeah i mean 6.8 billion dollar market cap i don't know if it's justified i think it is interesting to note that um for this you know the cme the fu- the futures exchange is like one of the most popular uh with in- in- institutional investors they added 11 to all coins and dot was one of them so yeah. But often when really big money gets involved, I also don't like that either. So I had this, I have the same note in, in my, uh, my preparation for this as well. So there was a, a study done of all these institutions that are involved in crypto, big multi-billion dollar hedge funds, blah, blah, blah. After like Ethereum and Bitcoin, DOT was the highest held token out of all these institutions. So there's massive institutional interest in DOT. And I think previously, before everything that occurred over the last six months where we see everyone getting waxed and scammed and, you know, institutions being made to be idiots, all this kind of stuff. I would say, this is great. All these institutions are investing in Polkadot. But after what's happened in the past six months, honestly, I feel like these institutions are adding Polkadot, not because of the technology and what it's doing. They're just adding it because they know it. They're like, oh, well, we have Bitcoin and Ethereum. You know, what's one of the other, what's one of the other big ones? (laughs) Oh, we'll just add Polkadot. I feel like, honestly, like, 
they're that they're just as silly as everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure that this makes me like polka dot even anymore. I I I know I saw people talking about this months ago. They're like, oh yeah, look, polka dot is is institutionally held. The big money knows more than we do. But now you know what I think? They don't know more than we do. They're just as stupid as we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. So I'm not sure if that's a good sign or if it's a bad sign or if it's just a sign, but it's interesting to note. Yeah, no, and that's, this, again, I don't know. It's, I just feel like, you know, when we discuss projects on this, these episodes, I'm sure people like to know. It's like, would we invest in it? Would we not? Why? And we always say, like, there's 10,000 tokens out there. We only have so much money. You guys only have so much money. So at the end of the day, are you going to put, put into something with a $6.8 billion market cap? That is only, you know, a fifth of the way through it's where, it, where it's at with people stepping down. I mean, I like the fact that the development is still there and it's really high uh, on GitHub, but there's these are things that we've mentioned as well. Yeah, and one of the deciding factors for us when we're looking at projects is always partnerships and institutional adoption and all these kind of catalysts. You know, when we, we talk about Polygon Matic, you see all the partners that they're, they're getting every month. Warner Music, Coca-Cola, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You look at HBAR and Hedera with their governing council and they're connected to Google and LG. What I don't see that with Polkadot. I don't see um, Disney building on Polkadot. I don't see Facebook using Polkadot. I don't see the institutional partnerships. I don't see the catalysts. It just doesn't stack up to the other altcoins that have less market caps mm. than Polkadot. If you go Polkadot and you go to the website and you know, you, you're expecting partners, you know, uh, uh, Dell, uh, IBM, where is that? World Economic Forum. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. And for for me, I was kind of on the fence for this episode. But after all that, I like the tech. I like the idea of the parachains and the creativity that allows for developers. But I think I would stay away from the DOT token itself. I would probably, as I said earlier, look for some hidden gem uh, parachains, look for new ones like Aventus was that are, win the auction because they could be small cap gems. And maybe something like a Moon River or a Moonbeam instead of Dot. That's what I'm doing too. And, and even to the Akala uh, stablecoin uh, point that we brought up earlier. Originally, you know, eight, nine months ago or so, I did do a post about this in the Discord. And I think that with everything that's transpired with stablecoins, I just think it's going to be a long ways away before like, I mean, we even have USDC and USDT going through issues right now. Right. And those are supposed to be like the two trusted. And who... I mean, the stable. I know the stablecoin could be utilized within the ecosystem, but how how are investors and other people going to feel, institutions, et cetera, going to feel about a stablecoin after everything that's happened with UST and you know, USDD? Like, yeah. it's just it just seems like maybe a, a bit touchy. too risky right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I think what is the truth about Polkadot? In our opinion, great tech, very cool, um, unique way that they've gone about building their ecosystem. However, for me, it's not on my buy list. I prefer maybe some of the hidden gem parachain altcoins. Yeah, I agree. And also just other altcoins in general. Um, yeah. But if you guys like this episode and if you want us to do another truth about one of your favorite projects, let us know in the comments. Make sure to hit the like button. A lot of research goes into these episodes. And then tune into the next episode. Because that one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.